Hello, Chip. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Uh, great. It's good to see you, my friend. It's uh, I missed you this year. Um, <laughs> you know, you as well. We've we've uh, we've had a pretty good streak of seeing each other over the years. At least I saw you in Daytona. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, um, here I want to I want to start by just saying uh, happy anniversary to you and your team. Thirty years. Thank uh, you. Thank you very much. At uh, April eighth, nineteen ninety. Uh, I think was the date that uh, uh, your cars first rolled uh, uh, under your team name. Okay. And, and I was there. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I, uh, I, it was a big day for me because you were uh, one of the first people I personally knew that had come up through the ranks and was doing this. And it, uh, you kind of carried the yeah. hopes of a lot of us and, and that from uh, a generation of people that were Formula Ford people and come up to Ford, Super V, et cetera. You went sure. forward and did that. It was an interesting transition. You were quite a racing driver in the beginning, a uh, very competitive driver. And I want to talk about the, the racer mindset a little bit before we talk about your team and the, the accomplishments of the team. Uh, you know, with with you, uh, you're a racer, pure, pure and simple. You're, uh, and I, I, I want to understand from you how much of that uh, mindset when you used to you know, cinch the belts down and go racing. How much of that directly translates to what you do in managing this business? Well, I think quite a lot of it translates. I mean, I think it's, um, uh, you know, we see it in all, all forms of sport where uh, ownership of a, of a sports franchise, you know, whether it's auto racing or football or baseball, you know, any, any sport really, I think the people that, that the ownership that brings the most to the, to the sport or to the team uh, is someone with some, some, some hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, let's face it. Ro Roger was a race car driver. Uh, yeah. you know, I think, I, I, I just think you have to bring something like that along with you, uh, in any sport, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson started, um, you know, Jimmy Johnson from football, I should say, yes. uh, played the game and yeah. he was a great, yeah in the game. Uh, same with Jerry Jones from the Cowboys, you know, played the game. And, uh, so I think, I think in all sports, if you, if you've played the game, uh, it, you bring, you bring some, some, some intrinsic knowledge along with you that, uh, you know, that, that, that translates. I mean, and let's face it, I've, I've, uh, I've been racing. I started racing cars that were about this big, you yeah. know, little eight cars when I was five years old, way before I met, I met Paul Fanner and uh, a few yeah. weeks before, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, but just I started racing, you know, HO cars and then slot cars and, and go-karts and snowmobiles and, uh, you know, just raced a lot of things. And, and each one of those was a little building block along the way uh, to what you see today. Oh, that's a great point. You know, I'm, I can tell you that's my experience as well. I think that's exactly my path. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's something we all have to consider in motorsports. Now we have the additional uh, tool and, and really a powerful one of esports, but that physical connection to what it feels like to compete with someone is energizing. When you're racing a slot car with your buddies, uh, mm -hmm. you get a sense of uh, the pressure you're under. You know, you, you, it's sure. a little, it's, a, it's addictive. Um, and yeah. tuning the car, going and buying, well, you had to learn how to spend money. I say that's right. the first lesson of racing is learning how to spend money on the things to make the car go faster. But I also think the one competitive, you know, DNA, the DNA of competition, uh, you know, learning faster than, the, than your competition, applying what you learn, uh, learning from everything. Failure is a great teacher. Uh, sure. uh, and I've seen that in your team. I've seen, I've seen you, have years that were difficult and you come back strong and I've seen you learn new disciplines of motorsport, you know, mm -hmm. went into NASCAR and won the Daytona 500, you know, you, you uh, went to Le Mans and you won, uh, you won multiple championships in, in uh, Grand Am in, in Ipsa. You've been a, uh, an absolute top level team and everything you've touched And it. I think it starts with that spark of childhood of being competitive. No question, you know, and and it and it really it really dovetails in what you were talking about prior to the start uh, of me coming on this morning. I mean, racers, look, we've all adapted. You know, look at what, what's happened with the pandemic, yeah. and and what a better group of people to figure it out 
how to do it than a group of racers, right? We've all, we've all known we've had to work harder than, than the traditional stick and ball sports for many years. We've had to work harder to, to achieve our goals. We don't have the, 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 the public money that they have made available with, with, with arenas and stadiums and what have you, or we're not, uh, you know, race teams are not uh, public entities and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, so, so, so what a better group of people to, to be challenged to, uh, to bringing something forth uh, during a pandemic than a group of racers, whether it's the teams getting back on the track or whether it's e-part trade. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, your team there uh, putting, this, putting events like this together. It's all just a group of racers. Uh, and, and, you know, we, when the wind changes direction, uh, we just reset the sails. Yeah, you know, that's we exactly it. We don't complain about to reset the sales and say, okay, we have to do this now. Okay, we do that, you know. Yeah, I think that ability to adapt and be in the moment, I think it's one of the most important lessons I learned when I was racing. You know, I had this uh, this fellow who was, uh, he's a tough, tough guy, this Mike Hull character. Uh, you know, I, you know I, I think the fact that I'm remotely viable as a human being uh, uh, is a re- result of my good fortune in meeting Mike. Uh, but I had a couple of interactions with Mike early on and I would be very good at making excuses about why I wasn't a little bit quicker. And Mike with a cackling laugh would say, I, I'm confused here, Paul. I thought you wanted to be a racing driver, but it appears you want to be an excuse maker. Right. <laughs> and uh, he once, uh, he once said to me, you know, when I was frustrating him, he, he got to remember racing is truth. Right. Right. And, and I think you could, you could find uh you have to tell the story, Paul, about getting your license. Oh, and okay. We'll do that. I think the world needs to hear that again. The world okay. needs to hear that, again, I think. Yes, I think so. Well, I, I, of course, had the best looking driver's suit and helmet, which I thought made me a racing driver. And, uh, you know, I would stand in front of the mirror and think, God, I look good. Uh, uh, I'd get the James Hunt hair flippy going and just think I looked awesome. And so I show up at the driver's school after I'd had one partial driver's school car broke, but I come and I think I'm going to get my license here. I don't have to do the whole two weekends. This, and Mike's my driving instructor. I know Mike, you know, I already know him. I'm going to be a sign off. So I go out and I do the, do the two days of the driver's school and uh, he, I hand him the logbook to sign it off and, and uh, I, he hands it back and it says, Nice job on the straights. He's worked <laughs> in the corners. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> yeah, that sums up my life. Um, but it was really, you know, racing is truth. And yes. uh, I, I didn't escape from that. I actually realized, okay, I'm going to have to pick it up. I'm going to have to, you know, and I did. And Mike helped me along the way, uh, believed in me and helped me get in better cars and better situations and made me competitive. But it, it broke that chain of delusion uh, with Hubert. And, mm-hmm. and I had to apply myself to match the effort he was putting in. And mm-hmm. then you start to realize you have teammates that you have to, everyone has to pull their weight. Everyone contributes. And that's the mm-hmm. way Mike ran it. And, uh, and Chip, I know that, that that's been a big part of your success. And uh, No and- question, Mike's a big part of our success. And I think, I think one, of, one of Mike's famous lines, uh, for years is, you know, Hey, let's just, let's just try to do the best job we can today. Exactly. And, and I think that's a great, a great start for any, anybody in, in the sport or anybody that's, that's been in the sport or coming into the sport. Hey, let's just try to do the best job we can today. And if you do that every day, you'll, you'll be fine in the long term. You sure will. And, and I think that that's a great approach to life because sometimes you don't have the winning ingredients in your, uh, in your mix of tools but you can still win if you do the best job. Other people may fail. Circumstances may change. The wind may change and it may favor you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're doing your best job, you, you, you get the best result and you don't, you stay focused on what you can do that day. And I think that's the hallmark of your team, Chip. I, I see over and over and over, just when you're down, you dig out of it. When you're behind mm-hmm. in points, you dig out of it. When you, you, you have these, you know, amazingly determined people in your team across the full spectrum of what you do. And I want to talk for a moment about the full spectrum of what you do. I, you know, your team has four Indy 500 victories. Um, and, you, you know, and I think one of the most 
pivotal was the Juan Pablo Montoya victory in, in, you know, in 2000. Uh, yeah, that was a big deal because to me, that was the beginning of, of getting away from the, in, you know, the civil war uh, between uh, the two families of IndyCar. There shouldn't be two families. There's one family. We're one culture. And it took a while for it to heal. And uh, in the year it healed, ironically, uh, you know, Scott Dixon won for you again. Uh, and uh, Dario won too in 2010 and 2012. And, and, it, and let's talk about Dixon for a minute. First, you have 13 uh, championships now uh, mm -hmm. in the IndyCar series. But Scott is now among the true legends and the greatest drivers that have ever driven in, in, in the more than 100-year history of championship car racing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, you know, AJ Foyt has seven championships, but I will put a, a, an asterisk against the seventh. It's a, the USAC championship with relatively weak competition. And AJ is my hero too, but he's up there on the top pedestal with a, perhaps the, the greatest Mario Andretti and, and AJ Foyt. Sure. Did you ever think you'd be part of that? <laughs> no, no. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I think, uh, you know, if, if I would ever told somebody that was my goal, I think I would have been laughed out of the sport, you know. And it goes back to just, you know, again, just trying to do the best job we can every day. And, you know, we still have we still have things we want to do. And, you know, it, it helps. We, we, we dance around the, the, the in all of our discussions so far, Paul. We dance around it. We dance around it. We dance around it. The fact of the matter is this business is about people. OK, it's, it's about it's about great people. And I've been blessed to have some of the greatest people in the sport being a part of my team, whether it was drivers, managers, mechanics, engineers. Uh, you know, there's a whole a litany of people that 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 are, are maybe no longer with this team that still have their fingerprints on the team. Yeah. You know, people like Tom Anderson, people like Mo Nunn, uh, you know, uh, I could the, you know, the, the 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 list goes on and on. Of, of, of people who, uh, you know, who have, who've contributed and been a part of this over the years. Um, partners uh, that we've had along the way, who's, I don't need to mention their names, but they, they, you you know, know who people, they are. people know who they are. The, the people, you know, for so many years at the, you know, the, the, the guys that ran target were a yeah. big team for many years. Um, so it comes back to people and, and, and whatever, whether you're, whether you're sweeping the floor or, or driving the car. I mean, it takes a team of people who are willing to put their, their personal goals aside and maybe, and either, either that or align their personal goals with the goal of the team and, and to make those team goals uh, more important than, than maybe their personal goals. And uh, I'm blessed over the years to have great people. And stability as well. I have mm -hmm. to point that out. Uh, I've been really amazed at the stability and consistency that your mm -hmm. team has had. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in watching uh, your team is a calm team, you know, I, it, it runs uh, with a calm confidence when I'm around it. It's very impressive. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I have to say too, the one thing that I've noticed is that you hustle, you mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think we spoke briefly this week and uh, before we go over the rest of the areas you're involved with, I, I was particularly excited about, you know, you bringing uh, Jimmy Johnson into, the, into your team. I'm a, I'm a huge Jimmy Johnson fan. You know, back in the no fear days, we raced in the parking lot together in the go-karts sure. with the sure. Simo brothers and, and Paul Tracy and Robbie Gordon. And by the way, he was an ass kicker even then. Uh, but uh, I, I think he's just a, a great champion. And I look at the sponsorships that have been raised for this effort when Tony Kanaan's going to be racing in the Indy 500 for you. I think another great talent, another, you know, pure racer. Uh, mm -hmm. And the hustle, you know, you bringing Carvana is coming in, uh, and which is terrific for our sport. And right. uh, American Legion, which uh, I don't think many of us uh, saw that one coming. Uh, how did that happen? Yeah, just, uh, you know, it's a veterans organization. Uh, we've all heard of the American Legion for many years, and and uh, maybe we really didn't know what it was. Well, race fans are going to learn all about it now. It's a, it's a veterans organization that, that, that promotes uh, and, and, and veteran affairs and, and, and uh, veteran involvement. 
and I think you're going to see uh, they're they're looking actually to a to a, a keep keep interest in the American Legion and and get a, get the younger people to understand uh, what what veterans are all about, and uh, you're going to see that that participation in motorsports now. So I think uh, you know uh, right American Legion you wouldn't think was a uh, was was a, was a company that was on the tip of your tongue going to be coming into motorsports or or even should be in motorsports, but I think you're going to see uh, see how a program can really work with it with it with such a fine organization. And I, I read they're an associate sponsor for the year, but the primary sponsor on Tony's uh, effort at the Indy 500, which my God, that's the perfect alignment for the American Legion to be racing on Memorial Day weekend. Sure. Uh, yes. And and. Few people know, and we worked on the centennial of the Indy 500. Uh, Joey Chitwood hired our company to help plan initial planning for the centennial era. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we kind of, you know, just learning about it, I uh, most people don't know, American Legion uh, nearly moved on buying the Indianapolis Motor Speedway before the Holman George family did, and they looked mm-hmm. at it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a there's a thread of American Legion involvement in motorsports. So one of the first motorsport event I ever saw was a very fun go-kart race. My father took me to, uh, I'm a, I grew up in a military family and mm-hmm. it was uh, organized by the American Legion when I was a boy. Uh, sure. That was my first exposure to motorsports. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, with this, I think that, uh, you know, all of us are looking to expand audience and there are 2 million members of the American Legion. Mm-hmm. And they have 13,000 outposts, a lot of racing fans of the American Legion. Yes. I yes. look at this as a potential growth engine mm-hmm. for our sport. Um, no question. No question. So I, I think it's a great move. And your hustle and your team's hustle always finding the next sponsor, putting the next deal together. You know, you're you're now racing with three different manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you keep your hat straight, Chip? Well, <laughs> it's you know, I, I uh, I, you know, I, I, I there, I'm, I'm open book is how I do it. Everyone yeah. knows. My, all the other manufacturers know know beforehand what's happening and and uh, where we're headed. I mean. It's 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 no question. I like the different facets of the sport, and uh, I love them. I love to be involved in the different facets of the sport, and uh, all the car companies have their opportunity at, at each one, every one of them, uh, if they're involved or not. The, the, the our current partners are always available or made aware that that these programs are available to them if if they wish. You know, let that. That's the way to do it, of course. Uh, but the fact that you have the hustle, you're looking for things that challenge you. You're moving into extreme E, which I'm personally very excited about extreme E. Mm-hmm. I think it's the shape of things to come, not only in the competition, but the fact it's primarily viewed, it, they're creating a content, a story platform. Uh, right. To you know, Plain and simple, they're telling a story with what they're doing. And it's going to be quite an adventure and quite a story. And you're at the forefront of it. We sent George Tamayo, our creative director, out to cover your first test, and he came back very excited and impressed. Tell us about that, how it came together. Yeah, just, um, you know, obviously knew um, Alejandro Agog from early on, many years ago in racing. And uh, ironically, when he was, when, when, when Formula E was getting started and Alejandro came at us and, and asked if we were interested, it, it sort of fell right on top of the, uh, uh, the Ford GT program. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had to really decide that I mean, we weren't in a position to do both at that time. So we said, Hey, you know, we have this other opportunity. Maybe we need to take that opportunity uh, as opposed to getting involved in formula E. So we missed, we missed that round of, of, of an involvement. And uh, so when they came back now with extreme E, we were all ears on the front end and uh, wanted to try to figure out some way to get involved. Well, it's uh, again, it's, you're always, uh, you know, you're one of the first of the future uh, on on so many things, and you do have a vision for the future. I, I think everyone needs to look at the fact you've done this and and uh, understand that it. Whatever, whatever uh, Chip Ganassi lands on something, that's something everybody should be looking at. And uh, you know, I uh, I'm I'm looking forward to great anticipation here with their first season. I think it's going to be epic. Um, yeah. Uh, the the uh, you know, the, the, you're known for the IndyCar team, you know, mm-hmm. that was your passion. You drove IndyCars. I, I want to talk about that a little bit before we talk about the other categories. You, you raced in, in Indiana, Indianapolis 500 in the, uh, in the cart uh, IndyCar series. 
coming up from uh, Formula Ford and, and Super B, well, what was that like for you to get there and be, you know, qualify for the Indianapolis 500? Tell, be young Chip Ganassi and walk me and the audience through that. They were heady times, I can tell you. I mean, uh, you know, I, uh, like you say, Formula Ford, I was at the runoffs in 1980, 1981, uh, race Super V, um, you know, acquired a Ralt RT5 from uh, actually from Rod Campbell and yeah. uh, a driver he was working with in Canada that they were trying to put a team together. They didn't get it. So I ended up buying that from Ron Toronek and uh, got started, you know, in 1980 81 in the Super V series against uh, Al Unser Jr. and Pete Halsmer at the time and uh, Price Cobb and uh, uh, Gary Atwood. Gary, Gary uh, Atwood, anyway, well, I forget Atwood's first. Greg anyway, Atwood. Greg Atwood, thank you, yes. Greg Atwood. And, uh, you know, it was a great competitive series that year uh, with Gallus, you know, having a couple cars with Al yeah. Jr. And uh, we got to Michigan. I had a big accident there in the Super V. And it wasn't, wasn't my only big accident in Michigan. Uh, later, later, you got a really big accident in Michigan. Right. I was scared to death when that one happened. <laughs> right. But one was, was quite frantic as well in the Super V. And I anyway, ended up finishing third in the series, I think that year. And, or I was third in this when I, I had to drop out of the last two races, I think, because I didn't have a car and I, I really thought that was the end of my career. And, uh, and then, uh, actually was given an opportunity by, uh, by Lee Brayton and Scott Brayton and, uh, Scott's father, Lee had a, had an extra car and I knew them from racing formula Fords and they said, Hey, Chip, come to Phoenix and try to qualify our, our second car in the, in the, uh, in the Indy car race. And, uh, it was a PC six at the time. Yeah. My first race was in, uh, October of, of, uh, 1981. And I went to Phoenix and tried to qualify and didn't blew the engine up in, in qualifying. And, uh, there was a guy named Jim Wright was the engine guy. And uh, we yeah. were running fast enough to be in the race, but, uh, it was to not, it was for not to happen. And uh, so that was, again, I thought that was the end of my career there, sort of the end of my driving career. And I uh, ran into a guy by the name of Ralph Salvino from STP. Yeah. And Ralph, I found out later, grew up in the same town I did in uh, just outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, he was the he was Andy Granatelli's right hand man at STP. And, uh, and Ralph, Ralph said, hey, you know, we we have to keep guys like you in racing and uh, really Really, Ralph was a pivotal part of my career. Very uh, at the right moment, uh, he he put me in contact with a guy named uh, Jack Rhodes because a driver by the name of Gordon Smiley had stepped out of Jack Rhodes's Indy car and uh, went to drive for Bob Fletcher, and uh, so there was an open seat at Jack Rhodes' team, and they needed a transporter, which I had a transporter. I had a, a dually and a chaparral trailer. And I and I I sold all my equipment that I'd left over from my racing career at that time. I think I cobbled together fifty thousand dollars, and uh, and I said, "Look, I, I I have a dually and a chaparral. I have fifty thousand dollars. Is all I have to my name in racing." I said, "I'm I'm happy to donate that towards the team to get something started here." And uh, sure enough, I I think I drove nine races in in in, in cart that year. And, uh, and was fastest rookie at Indianapolis. I, I, I graduated from uh, Duquesne University. I qualified for the Indy 500, and I turned 23 years old, all in about a 10-day period there. So it was pretty heady times. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, Gordon Smiley was killed there that year in qualifying at Indy. Yes. And uh, it was a tough and uh, tough road to hoe. Then a week later, we lost Jim Hickman. Yes. Uh, raced in Formula Ford and Super V with. And uh, so it was a different time in racing then. Um, and uh, it was un an unfortunate time. And uh, that was, but again, that was the beginning of my IndyCar career in 1982. And uh, then 83 drove for Patrick, uh, 83 and 84. 85, I, I drove about five or six races for AJ Foyt. Yeah. And then he came back with the uh, Machinist Union. The guy named Andy Kenapensky was a great yeah. guy. Yeah. And, uh, they, that was pretty much my IndyCar career there. And, uh, so yeah, IndyCar has always been, been, uh, close to my heart for sure. Well, yes. And I, I, I gotta tell you, I was so 
proud of you being there at the time. You represented us, uh, the, the, you know, this generation of people that come up. And, and we mm -hmm. had Danny Sullivan, who was a Formula Ford yep. guy. Gordon, of course, Smiley, who, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, I was deeply saddened by his loss. Uh, but we had, uh, we had this kind of wave of people of a certain age, certain background coming through the sport, you know, and, and, uh, and Mike was marching up the ranks as well. He'd been a great hull, had been a, a really competitive Formula Ford racer, but he was going into team management. Pete Halsmer, who was a Formula Ford guy, one of my friends. Sure. It felt like, uh, you know, on a personal level, it felt like, uh, quote, we were taking over the world. And it was a yeah. great thing. And we were. it was a great, great feeling. And I, I have to say, though, that uh, there was something about you that you had more in you. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, you've always, uh, I, I, I've always admired your, uh, your intellect and your, uh, your humor, Chip, but you, you have, you're, you, you, you don't have a shortage of ambition. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, when was it that you really started to think that this team ownership thing is for me? Well, it was when I was uh, starting to work for my father in his mm -hmm. business. I realized how hard that was. I thought, yeah, I got I to make my own path here. And I you loved know, your dad, by the way. Your dad he, was such a great guy. No, no question. But, uh, you know, he was in the uh, sand and gravel business and quarry business in Pittsburgh. And it was, uh, we basically made big rocks into little rocks. And <laughs> it was a tough business. And, uh, but uh, I, I think uh, I realized that uh, working uh, with my father and working for my father were two different things. And I wanted to work with him. He wanted me to work for him. So, I needed to to uh, to to forge my own path. Is that, where the hustle? Is that where the hustle came from? <laughs> that, that's where the hustle came from, man. I wanted to hustle my way away from that, so uh, I, I needed started something else. Yes, and and that you know that this path, you know, it's an improbable path uh, to you know where you are now. It, it uh, you know, uh, I I so value our friendship over the years, but I. I I look at you as one of the wonders of the world and what you've done in terms of, uh, you know, you found your voice, your, you know, uh, the you that was really in there when you were a racing driver, you know, you were able to channel this into something really spectacular here. And mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it started off uh, all right when you first had your, uh, I think you were a partner with uh, uh, Pat Patrick. Uh, well, yeah, I bought his team and we were partners for a year or two there while I was paying down the, buying the team. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, by the, by the, uh, the partnership was, uh, you know, once I paid for the team, the partnership was over. Yeah. That's right. And, but right. you know, you started off well, I think uh, a, a Formula Ford driver named uh, Emerson Fittipaldi won the Indianapolis right. 500. Uh, right. Good start. <laughs> Actually finished second in 88. Yeah. 80, let's see, you got involved there in 80. Let's see, late 87. So my my first year uh, with Pat, we were partners in 88, actually. And, and uh, we we finished second at Indy that year. And yeah, second. And then, of course, 89 won Indy and won the championship in 89. But on, uh, on April 8th, 1990, <clears throat> uh, Chip Ganassi Racing uh, with Target, Target Sponsorship, you know, right. beautifully presented car. It was, a, it, was mm -hmm. a, it was a year old Penske, correct, that you were right. running and uh, Eddie Cheever, uh, straight out of Formula One, was driving the car. And uh, so began the journey. Uh, right. And, you know, when you were standing on the grid for that first race, what were your, what were your goals outside of let's, let's finish this race? And, you know, what did you see for yourself in that first year when it was your team? Yeah, I, 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 I vividly remember thinking, you know, I just need to get through, get through this year of, of, of uh, uh, 1990 and and you know i was just hoping that i could be around in 1991 it was yeah. really you know it was really my goal i mean it was you know let's let's just get through the year here and you know we had it we, we we brought in some exciting talent you know we brought it we, we sort of went outside the box and uh to look for a driver bringing eddie cheever over and uh formula one and you know eddie was an american living in europe and uh, had plenty of experience and uh it was, an, it was, it was, I, I think a feather in my cap was, was, was taking Eddie to Indianapolis and, mm -hmm. and teaching him how to race there, of which he went on to, to win there, you know, not, not many years later, uh, you know, when he had his own team, yeah. I, I, 
Like, I'd like to think my fingerprints were a little bit on that about some For things sure. that we Annapolis, sure. Yeah, and uh, I think the 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 thing I remember uh, too is that you your team looked completely professional at a top level when you showed up as your own team from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was an attention to the presentation of the team. It reminded me of another team that I I've worked with. Well, it's obvious that, that, you know, Roger was Roger's the high water mark and he set the bar. Yeah. And so we all knew what we had to do. And, you know, it's easy to look at a team and you can count how many transporters and cars they have and people they have running around. It's pretty easy to see what, you know, what your competition looks like if you just pay attention a little bit. And uh, there's, there's no question that, uh, that, that, that because of Roger, uh, Chip Ganassi exists today. I mean, it was, uh, you know, he, 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 he made it plausible to have a racing car business uh, that was once a, a sport of Kings, I would say, I would suggest, or, uh, you know, to, to being a viable business. Roger was a big part of that, certainly in IndyCar racing. And, uh, you know, look at, look at obviously what he's done, uh, since then as well. And, and, uh, now becoming the steward of the sport, which uh, I don't think we could have anybody better. I agree. And, uh, and I'm so glad you're not making big rocks into little rocks, um, uh, <laughs> right. because we would have missed all this amazing history. And yeah. I think that, you know, the, the, uh, another big change in the team came, uh, uh, at the end of the. 1991 season uh when uh, i believe uh, mike hall left uh, patrick racing and you you bought him into your team if i recall it was during that year uh that you he was sure. maybe running with uh uh with another team but you bought mike in around that time didn't you 1992 93 mm -hmm. yes and uh yeah the the rest is history i mean i think we took on a second car then yeah and 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 then mike we needed we needed somebody strong to run that car and uh, that's how Mike came into the team. And, and I think that, you know, the, the appetite for, you know, just the ambition is what's so admirable about you, Chip. I, um, you know, you just got fighting you to keep growing and going. And, you know, you had your sights on NASCAR. Tell us how NASCAR came around the NASCAR team. You have an operation, uh, your COO, Doug Dukart, who I know through General Motors is, is mm -hmm. in, the, in the Charlotte operation. Tell us about how that came to be. Yeah, I mean, I was... Uh... You know, it was obvious to me that, uh, you know, that, that, that the people that were, were uh, the people that were putting the money, a lot of the people that were putting the money into IndyCar racing were the same people that were putting the money into NASCAR, you know, whether it was the, the Budweiser's of the world or the Goodyear's or the, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of other people at the time that, you know, Winston, the tobacco companies. Maybe not, you know, Winston and Marlboro were different, of course. Um, but, you, you know, you had a certain group of people that I knew, Pennzoil. Uh, uh, you had all these people that I knew uh, that were in IndyCar racing that were really taking care of the budget for NASCAR as well, I think. And then I would, you know, I would, I would, we would win a race uh, in IndyCars. You know, I would, I would uh, you know, we, we won plenty of championships in IndyCar at that point. And, uh, you know, we'd win a championship and the next day I'd pick up the paper and it would say, uh, you know, uh, Chad Knauss, uh, his wife, uh, are getting, getting divorced in NASCAR. And underneath that, it would say, and oh, by the way, Zanardi wins the IndyCar championship, you know. So I was a little disappointed to read it, but NASCAR at the time was in a huge growth period. And they were, they were getting a lot of coverage and a lot of times. And it was obvious to me that if, you know, if you were in the United States and you want to say you were in racing, you needed to be in NASCAR, uh, you know, and, 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 and that was really the impetus for me to get involved was I, I couldn't look people in the eye and say, Hey, I'm involved in racing. Oh, but by the way, but I'm not in NASCAR. So, yeah. uh, and I remember too, we had the split at the time, you know, uh, and I was really because of the split, you never knew if IndyCar racing was going to survive even at the time uh there was there were a lot of unanswered questions there and i had a team of people that you know i i wanted i felt the responsibility that i i brought them this far and uh i didn't want to have to tell them to go home that's a, a great point uh i think we all feel responsibility uh to our teammates and and you in particular uh, we had a lot of talks during that time you both of sure. us 
you know, I had sure. similar challenges and we're enduring similar challenges now. You know, it's, it's tough to be viable as a media company in this environment. Sure. Uh, and I think that what I was impressed with with you, though, you didn't come from fear. You took action. You, mm-hmm. you basically knew what you could control. You had good relationship skills. You had vision. You had a pedigree from winning these championships. You had a sense of inevitability if you would go into NASCAR. And you mm-hmm. put a great plan together and attracted a manufacturer partner. And uh, mm-hmm. there you went. And, and the rest is history. Uh, you know, and, and tell us about that team now. You know, you're going into, you know, you had a, a bit of a turbulent year this year. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you have some great, great sponsors and partners and, and drivers yeah. going into yeah. uh, 2021. Talk, talk to us about your NASCAR team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I mean, with certainly with, with Kurt Busch leading the, the effort with the monster car, uh, you know, Kurt's become a great leader. He came into our team at a time uh, when we were in a growth period. And, uh, and then we sort of had uh we, we, we had a hiccup along the way. We had some, uh, a sponsor leave us at the beginning of 19, I think. And, uh, and, uh, you know, was involved in, you know, you can't lose these sponsors in the middle of the season. It's pretty hard, pretty hard to turn the faucet off on these race teams. Once you get going for the season in terms of your spend. And, uh, so we took a little bit of a body blow there and then we turn into 2020 uh, you know, and things got started off real well. We were looking for, you know, two strong cars with Kyle Larson and, and Kurt Busch. And then of course, Kyle had his incident on, on I racing yeah. and, uh, uh, again, took another body blow there. And, uh, but you know, Matt Kenseth came in, uh, did a yeoman's effort with coming back into the sport, being a year off with no practice or qualifying at every race. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we hobbled that 42 car through the year. And, uh, but then of course we put Kurt back in the playoffs for the second year in a row and, mm-hmm. uh, got him up to, you know, the, 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 the final, the, we, we, we made it all the way to, uh, to the final race before Phoenix, we were in it and, uh, we didn't make it to Phoenix. We were down to the last eight to make the four for Phoenix and we didn't get there. And, uh, but, uh, you know, very, very proud of our NASCAR team and the effort they're doing. And uh, we've we've uh, signed Ross Chastain for 2021, and uh, again going going young, and uh, and uh, a guy with some runway seems to be a fan favorite, and uh, is a sponsor's dream. So uh, we're we're pretty excited about Ross. Well, I, what I love about Ross is was wasn't he a watermelon farmer? Yes, <laughs> yes. he is still, uh, still is. is. I, I think that's fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know this. Uh, We've got a guy who could be turning big rocks into little rocks, running a, a watermelon farmer at the top level of the sport. I think that's right. a really great American story. And, yeah. uh, uh, and, and he's a brilliant talent. I mean, I've watched him in his first few races and that guy found the front immediately. He was, yes. yes. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's, uh, he's very impressive and uh, it's great. And I, I, I'd, I'd like to talk to you. You're coming back into IMSA this year and I'm, I'm happy to see that. Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, you know, I've had an interest in sports car racing for a long time. And, uh, you know, again, road racing near and dear to my heart and uh, got involved way back when, won some championships there, won the 24 Hours of Daytona a bunch of times and uh, really, really looked, 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 you know, had a great, a great run with Ford there for five years with the GT program uh, starting in, in the, in the prototype class, transitioning into the, in the GTLM mm-hmm. and GTE and in, in the WEC. And, uh, you know, we were out of sports cars for 2020 and uh, an opportunity came along to get back involved with General Motors for 2021. So we jumped at it. And uh, here we are. In fact, we just announced our drivers this morning. I'm not sure if you're aware, but we've signed Kevin Magnuson. Yes. Uh, Formula One and Ranger Vandersen uh, to be our two drivers. And of course, we'll of course, sprinkle in uh, drivers, uh, driver that you can imagine will sprinkle in for the, uh, for the longer races. And uh, so we're pretty excited about that Cadillac program for 2021. Well, that's quite a strong lineup. And yes, I just, uh, I wanted to see if this word was out because I'd heard that this was possible when I looked yes. at uh, Victor.com and there yes. is the, uh, there is the top story is, uh, is your right. lineup. And uh, wow. Right. Uh, 
Uh, you, well, you, I need to ask one thing. I need you to talk for about one minute. I'm going to excuse myself and I'll be right back. Okay, no worries. Okay. Take care. All right. So as, as uh, Chip is off uh, doing whatever he might be doing, I'm trying to figure out what that portrait is behind him. Um, but uh, I do want to say one thing is that the, all the years that I've known Chip, uh, he doesn't uh, hesitate to go and get things done. And just the very signing of Kevin Magnuson, uh, that's a really Chip Ganassi move. And when we look at this, we have to wonder what comes next for Kevin Magnuson. I know he's going to be in the IMSA team this year, but that's a top level. That's a person that could compete and win in the Indy 500. And Chip knows talent and spots talent and brings it forward. And uh, I, I've always appreciated the fact that he really does run a merit-based organization. I think that's how racing should be. A few years ago, he had a team that had expanded to include people that were effectively paying to be there uh, and uh, not disrespecting them, but they would not have been on the top uh, list of, of people choosing uh, a driver. They, they would not have been, that's the person I need to win a championship. And Chip and Mike and Doug and uh, the team at Ganassi, they choose talent over, over dollars every time. And I, that to me uh, is what makes them on par and a direct competitor to uh, Team Penske. Uh, in the arenas they race in. That's the way uh, Team Penske rolls as well. So I, I think that that's, uh, that's a lesson all of us can uh, take. And I think more importantly, when, when uh, looking at uh, a team like this, the stability in the actual operational side of the business, uh, year in, year out, has been remarkable. Uh, people stay and, and the right people are attracted to the team uh, because of that. And did, did you just sign another driver, Chip? I was actually, uh, no, I was just making sure my battery, I didn't want to run out of battery on everybody here this morning. Oh, that's right. I, I just, uh, you know, at the, the, we were just talking about Kevin Magnuson and the fact that you spot talent and you grab it. Mm. And right. that's a very talented racing driver with potential yes. beyond, beyond the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. What a great opportunity for us to have and even have the opportunity to have uh, a, a, a driver of Kevin's uh, magnet magnitude to, to come to our team, you know, from Haas Formula One. Uh, what a great opportunity it is for American motorsports uh, fans. What a great opportunity uh, for our team, for Cadillac. Uh, what a great, uh, and, and uh, you know, obviously Kevin, Kevin's family having a history in IMSA, his father, a great driver. So I think, uh, I think all those things combined, Kevin's pretty excited, I can tell you. Yes, and I, I remember, as the, if I recall, his father raced briefly in 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 cart in champ cars back in '96 uh, yes. season. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, you know, the thing I was talking about when you were gone uh, fixing your battery in your pit stop uh, was the fact you have great continuity in your team. Your team is entirely merit based. Uh, there was a period of time where you were there were drivers with money coming to the team, and they were good drivers. But the, mm -hmm. I don't believe they were the people you would say, this person's going to win the championship for me. Mm -hmm. You're back to having drivers that are there primarily. They're there because of merit and talent and potential to mm -hmm. win at the top level. And that's the basic ethos of your team. And uh, yes. it's not the way you roll from here on out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you, uh, you have changing uh, metrics in the business uh, from time to time. And, uh, you know, you have to roll with those, I think. But, uh, you know, it... it at the end of the day, Mo Nunn said, you know, you have to take the best driver available at the time for the task. And I'll never forget Morris saying that to us. You know, when it came to you had an opening, an open spot for drivers in a team, uh, you have to you have to take when you have an open spot, you say, OK, who's the best driver available? And then that's what you go with. Well, I have to say you have had uh, a, a, an amazing string of best drivers available. Uh, mm -hmm. Your eye for talent is is obvious, um, you. and and you've you've really fulfilled the dreams of many of these racers by giving them the opportunity to do what they were born to do, uh, mm -hmm. and and that is to win. And uh, you're famously uh, quoted saying, "I like winners." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I do too, and you are a winner, sir. I, I I've got Thanks. to say that's the thing uh, that you define it. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate that. 
uh, you know, and when we, as we get close to closing this out today, uh, you know, I, I think that you've accomplished so much. And, you know, again, I, I remember young Chip Ganassi, you know, my, 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 one of my best friends in the world, it was your PR guy, David Phillips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I got to see young Chip Ganassi back in the day. Uh, um, and it is hard to reconcile what you, what you, what you've become. I got to say that, but people might say that about me. Uh, uh but sure. what is your advice to a young person coming into racing now that wants to be part of the sport? What would you tell them? Well, that's a good question. I think, uh, what would I tell them? I would tell them that there's a, you know, to, to, to become yourself, you know, become, don't, don't become another person or another team or another, it's okay to emulate other teams and other people, but become your own, become your own person and your own team. Number one, there's no, there's no defined way to get here. I remember uh, meeting plenty of drivers as I was coming up that had their, their background was, could not be more dissimilar than mine. And uh, yet they were making it to the same levels of racing I was. So, so, so don't, don't, if you're a young driver, don't think there's only one cookie cutter way to get there. Uh, the, the, the one way to get there uh, is to win. Okay. Uh, just win in whatever you're in uh, work, work hard, not to get in bad equipment. But if you, if you happen to be in bad equipment, don't think your career is over because people see people that, that know racing don't look at the equipment as much as they do the driver talent. So it's okay to be uh, in, 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 in maybe not so superior equipment because people like myself can see that uh, and, and know that I, I you know, and uh, you know, we, we know what, 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 these kids are driving today at different levels. I mean, I'm obviously not as good as I used to be at it, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I can, you know, but I, we do keep an eye on younger people coming along and, and it's important to understand what they're driving, who they're driving against, what race circuits they're at, what, what situation are they in? You know, uh, uh, where are they at their station in life? Uh, how, how much are they committed? Um, all these sort of things add up. There's not really, you, I, I've seen plenty of drivers that do nothing but win, but they can't get out of their own way when it comes to moving into the next class or yeah. moving up. And, 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 you know, um, when you're in it, when you're, you, when you're in racing and you're striving to be at the top, don't get bogged down in, in, in one class of racing. I've seen, we've, we've all seen so many people, uh, develop bad habits in, in a particular class that don't translate when you go to the next class up of racing. And, um, you know, you see a driver be a, a, a world beater in, in one class and move up to the next class and can't, can't find his, uh, you know, can't find his way for whatever reason. And it's because a lot of times they develop some bad habits in the last class. I think, I think when you're coming up as a young driver, you need to focus on what in the in the particular class you're in. What are the important things? Is it a, is it a class that's based on engine? Is it based on chassis? Is it based on car setup? Is it what's what what's the what's the the variable in that class that separates separates the drivers? And uh, and and whatever that is, you have to adapt to it quickly. But do not do don't rely on that to go into the next. When you get to the yeah. next level. When you get to the next level, you have to understand what the what are the what are the nuances at that level, and they could be completely different from the previous one. And uh, so, uh, be aware of something of things like that. I think that was uh, that was key to my uh, to my development. I remember, and uh, I think it's somewhat that way today. And who you're racing against is so important uh, these days. Um, yes, we've seen, you know we've seen young men. Uh, you know, win races, uh, you know, in, uh, in particular classes, whether it's stock cars, formula cars, sports cars, and, uh, you know, some are, some are racing against the best in the world and others are racing against the best in Allegheny County, you know, and, yeah. and you want to put yourself against the best in the world if you want to be measured against them. Well, that's great. Great advice, Chip. And you know, it, uh, we, we had an ad that we created for No Fear, uh, the rivals who choose define you. 
right. and, nope. uh, and I, I think uh, another uh, another Motors- Michaelism. Yeah, motorsports is global, and so yeah. you have to you have to put yourself on a global scale because if you're gonna if you're gonna race in the United States, people are coming in uh, it, coming in from all over the world. Okay. Uh, maybe not, maybe not, it, but it, they're coming in from all over the world. They're coming in from a large, a large um, uh, apprenticeship, uh, whether it's, whether in NASCAR, that large apprenticeship or the, or the Saturday night tracks all around the country, thousands and thousands of drivers looking for their opportunity in NASCAR. Same in, in Formula cars, thousands and thousands of drivers from around the world looking for their opportunities. So you're, you're going to, you, you need to think on a bigger scale than your local track uh, where you might be winning uh, every Saturday night. You need to, you need to pit yourself against the best. And uh, if, you know, some, some people are willing to pick up a move to do that. And uh, that's what it takes if you want to be at the top. That's the best advice. I, by the way, I've, I've heard in a long time, all of this. And uh, <laughs> Thank you, Chip. Uh, thank you, first, first and foremost, for being my friend all these years. I, I feel like you've been a, a companion on this journey through the sport, and uh, I really appreciate you. It's uh, a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great thing to uh, to to look at our parallel paths and uh, compare notes from time to time, and uh, but our friendship endures. It does indeed, and and I'm uh, really proud of you uh, as a person and as a business person for the leadership you've shown and, and your insights were invaluable today. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate it. So please say hello to Mike for me and, and Scott. I will. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chip. Uh, the beauty of Zoom is I'm listening here and thinking Chip is talking to me. Uh, and that's really all of us here watching you. That, that's, you know, you're such an inspiration for all of us. So thank you for everything you do for the industry. You know, thank yesterday you. we had the racetrack and sanctioning bodies and the team owners. You guys are the backbone of the industry. You know, you're the one out there waiting for you to get on the track and compete so the industry can can, can get to life and come up with ideas and products and solutions and ingenuity, but you are the backbone of it. So thank you for everything you do. Registering on ePARTRADE is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.